Hey guys, uh, welcome to the Morning Soul Podcast. So this is a, a pre-pre-intro uh, to the regular intro that I just, uh, well, I recorded a little while ago with our conversation with Billy Hoffman. So um, this is uh, something I decided to add in kind of almost at the last minute because, um, well, if you guys follow, you know, traditional archery or any of the other podcasts, you guys know, of course, of Steve Angel um, from Traditional Outdoors. Well, um, you know, without getting into too many specifics and, and, and things, you, you probably heard uh, his wife, Lori, is uh, they're battling cancer right now. And um, it's it's pretty aggressive. And uh, long story short, they've, you know, got a lot of medical bills, as ov- obviously with, with anything, um, uh, anything like this. So um, the traditional archery community, again, has uh, come together to try and raise some, uh, raise some money to help offset uh, Stephen Laurie's uh, expenses. Any little bit helps. So uh, there's kind of like a fundraiser going on and I wanted to bring that to everyone's attention and kind of do what I can uh, as well if you already have not heard uh, to do this. So uh, I'm going to read off of the the North Georgia Traditional Archery Club um, website. It's called the Laurie Angel Benefit. And uh, it says, in cooperation with the Traditional Borders of Georgia, we have created a benefit uh, for Steve Angel and uh, to help offset costs incurred by Lori's cancer treatments. The bow, so there's going to be a bow raffle. Uh, this is going to be auctioned off, and uh, every $10 uh, donation gets you know one raffle ticket, basically. The bow is uh, Drop Tines Custom Bow, built by Tony Ryder. It is the Mantis Tribute. And it is a 61 inch longbow with a draw weight of 46 pounds at 28 inches. Uh, riser is Cocobolo, Bacote, and the accents are, uh, I think it's Wenge or Wengi, I'm not really sure how to pronounce it, Purple Heart, uh, Maple, and Black Fiberglass. Limbs have bamboo cores and Cocobolo and Bacote veneers, and the, tip, the tips are sheep horn. So, if you want to help, uh, there is a, a Venmo. Uh, Venmo account available. I, I'm not exactly sure how to do that one. I don't really use uh, Venmo. However, you can do the old school way where you can send a check uh, to the North Georgia Archery Club or NGTA. And uh, if you need to get in contact with uh, the person that's organizing this, it's a guy by the name of Gene Bramblett. So it's J E. B R A M B L E T T at gmail dot com, and I actually contacted him a, earlier today or maybe yesterday I can't remember for an actual mailing address, so you can make the check payable to the NGTA uh, care of uh, Gene Bramblett G E N E B R A M B L E T T four zero two nine. Ashford Way, Ashford Way, so A S H F A F O R D Way, Gainesville, Georgia 30507. So, if you have any questions, please contact Gene. He's on Facebook. I got a hold of him through uh, through Messenger, uh, or or check out that email that I just gave you guys. And uh, it's uh, you know it's obviously a, a great cause, and we always you know tend to pull together with with this kind of stuff and uh, try to help out. 
as best we can. So I'm going to be, um, you know, I'm going to be sending a check and I hope you guys do as well. So anyway, I just wanted to get that in um, before the uh, the normal opening and intro of uh, this this uh, week's bonus episode. This is going to be a bonus episode, actually. So the uh, the Bill Langer and uh, the Billy Hoffman one are going to kind of run concurrently. So anyway, um, that's it. I hope you guys go check that stuff out. And then uh, now on to the regular show. Hey guys, welcome to the Boning Soul Podcast. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me again. So today I have a return guest, a guy by the name of Billy Hoffman. You're probably familiar with him if you listen to this podcast. Um, he has his own podcast, uh, Survive the Hunt. He is under Instagram under uh, Billy underscore Hoffman underscore Archery. And uh, he wears a lot of hats. I mean, he is, you know, we kind of make fun of it a little bit, but man, this guy's always, always busy. He's always got something going on. He is a uh, author uh, writing the Twins of Prey series. Definitely recommend those books. Really good. Uh, written a bunch of other stuff too. Uh, he is a comedian. He's a magician. He's an ordained minister. He, a bunch of other stuff that I can't even think about, think of right now. But um, this episode is going to be about his new journey into competitive archery. So he is uh, doing this thing, journey to journey to 300, uh, in reference obviously to the 300 point scoring uh, rounds in, in, in a lot of uh, competitive archery. It's uh, with a compound, although he does shoot, um, he shoots everything. Uh, compound, uh, recurve, long roll, that kind of stuff. But he is uh, diving into uh, the, the compound realm as far as the competition stuff goes. So we, we talk about that. We talk about how this all started, um, his previous uh, experience with, with competition and his kind of return to it. How does one get started? He is just like an average Joe bow hunter who, um, well, like I said, he's always doing something. He's always trying to challenge himself. So this is just one more kind of thing to add, to add to his plate, which seems like, you know, never ending. But um, this is a good intro for any of you guys that are interested in competitive archery and really don't know the ins and outs of the terminology because I don't. This is all, it's all like pretty new to me. Um, I, you know, it's, it's not really my realm. So I definitely learned a ton uh, tonight. I, I learned a lot by talking to him. So um, that was that was definitely you know informative. We get into, like I said, everything. How this all started. Uh, you know the rules, the different organizations, his um, uh, uh, equipment, and a bunch of other stuff. So it was a really fun episode. Really good guy to talk to. So uh, I'm not going to keep you guys uh, any longer here. Uh, honestly, this is kind of a, a bonus episode. The quote-unquote regular episode is still uh, one with Bill Langer, still out there. By the time you hear this, it'll be about a week old. So I normally do like every two weeks, but I wanted to squeeze this one in as, a, as an extra episode here uh, so you guys can start following um, following Billy. If you go to, um, obviously, Instagram, like I said, he's under Billy Hoffman Archery. And if you go to YouTube, it's under Survive the Hunt. But Survive the Hunt, if you type that in, uh, you're gonna get some weird Grand Theft Auto video uh, video game kind of kind of I don't even know what the hell it is. So you actually, if you type in uh, Journey to 300 and uh, search there, then you'll actually find his uh, his channel and then click on that, subscribe on that, and then you know you won't have to deal with Grand Theft Auto uh, uh, garbage anyway. So um, yeah, so this is definitely informative for me. I hope it's gonna be informative for you. Uh, I appreciate uh, you guys listening. 
So uh, I guess with that said, yeah, just please like, share, and subscribe, and uh, enjoy this interview I have with uh, Bill Hoffman. Thanks for listening. When I see my job, I'm going to go a couple rounds. Oh, are you really? Yeah, I was going to work is is your archery club open um, like 24 hours or something, or you just yeah, got like a super secret have, key? No, no, members have access 24/7. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that'd be dangerous for me because I literally live like like three minutes away from you know where I shoot up here indoors, and uh, that could be very dangerous at like three o'clock in the morning. You guys yeah. have access? No, it's not. It's not just a uh, archery club. It's a it's a sporting goods store. It's an outdoor store. You know. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, okay. but they've got a range there and everything like that, so that's kind of where I go shoot um, indoors when it's you know raining or windy, and then uh, you know ten minutes away I've got an outdoor range which I do every other time. So um, yeah, yeah, that could be um, that could be uh, anyway. So we're recording Billy Hoffman again. Hey, what's up? Repeat guest. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. I, um, I I I've been you know we're obviously we're facebook slash you know insta friends all that stuff and you've been posting some stuff uh that we're going to get into here about your i guess you're getting into competition archery right yeah i I would almost i would almost say getting back into it but this time kind of taking it a little more seriously yeah yeah interesting uh, i don't know where where do you where do you want to jump off I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I, I guess let's I guess let's just catch kind of everybody up if they haven't heard um, of the last two episodes. If they haven't heard you on the last two episodes, just kind of give them like a brief, uh, you know, Reader's Digest version about your 17 jobs and then uh, what you've been doing recently and your 15 podcasts. <laughs> All that stuff. <laughs> All right. So uh, my name is Billy Hoffman. I have a what is it now? 16 year plus long career in law enforcement, but that is the least interesting thing about me. Uh, I am I tour the country during non-COVID times as a stand-up comedian on the weekends. Uh, I have published, written, and published 16 books, been a two-time best-selling author. I also am an ordained minister who has been elected into the Wedding.com Hall of Fame, and. I don't know. I, I'm a, most importantly, honestly, most importantly, uh, I'm a loving and faithful husband and a father too. There you go. Um, you're coming in just a little bit kind of muffled. I don't know if you got your uh, your microphone kind of sitting somewhere where it's not. Yeah, I don't know. These are like earbuds, um, but they're not wired. They are Bluetooth. And I was like looking around for a wired set of earbuds and I was having no luck. So that's fine. It's not bad. It's just a little, it's just like a little kind of muffled, but you're, you're, you're definitely clear. So, um, I, I don't know if I told you this, um, analogy last time when you and I talked or the first time you and I talked, but, um, I always kind of in my, in my mind, I kind of joke with myself cause I find myself funny sometimes. Um, with all the stuff that you do, it's like the old Scooby-Doo's, you know, where they go <laughs> to this amusement, like an abandoned amusement park. 
you know, right. and it's like old man Parker and he's like the, uh, the, 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 the ticket keeper, you know, or taker or whatever at the front gate. And then he's also, you know, they come around the corner and they're like, oh, it's, it's the same guy with a different hat on and he's running the Ferris <laughs> wheel. And then it's the same guy running the, uh, the, the, the tunnel or, or whatever, you know, to ride and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of what I, I see you just kind of flipping hats on and off and, and just be like, oh, yeah, I mean, I it's didn't that guy. Like, you know, I put myself through college as a magician. That's right. right. That's right. Magician. I forgot about that one. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I kind of lose. Uh, I, I run out of digits uh, trying to list all your all, all your jobs and stuff. But um, are you still doing? Uh, are you still doing the uh, the, the podcast? Um, uh, Survive the hunt. Yeah. So we're still doing Survive the Survive the hunt. Is there is there is the Survive the hunt podcast? That's not really the focus of Survive the hunt. Survive the hunt is more so just a overall outdoors media outlet the podcast is one part of it um so you know the through the instagram we have the youtube channel and you gotta have a podcast because everyone has one right and yeah you know yeah yeah so it's not something so me so i have a co-host on there uh and he actually runs most of it and that's jacob hacker and Jig is, is former law enforcement officer. He's been with my best friend for probably, I don't know, 15 years now. And um, so what we do with Survive the Hunt is when we have time to get together in, in BS, we will record it. And, you know, it's not like it's going to be an every week show. However, like, you know, leading up to turkey season, leading up to deer season, when we, him and I hunt together a lot, on hunts we record so there's still a lot of good content there and survive the hunt uh focuses on uh you know hunting in the outdoors but also really really heavily on the uh survival and taking an undefeated mindset into anything uh so we can cover things that don't necessarily get talked about right no you're right and um I, I, I'm kind of guilty in that I, I don't know that if I've, because I, I keep forgetting to, or remember, I don't know that if I'm subscribed to your YouTube channel for that for that podcast, because I listen, I'm subscribed to the podcast, um, but uh, the, the YouTube stuff, um, although I have watched you guys a few times on that, and it is, like you say, it is kind of worthwhile watching it on YouTube if you can, because you do show some stuff uh, that is that is visual, you know, that it's kind of sometimes difficult to explain um just on a podcast you know what i mean so you, you kind of get you kind of get that uh get that aspect of it too so uh, either way you're i mean yeah, you're, you're, you're still crazy busy yeah i agree uh not, and not every podcast is on you and what we've kind of done is like you know talk in advance like we did a broadhead episode right and so like it i can sit here and talk about broadheads all day long but it helps to do that one on video as well to show people that don't know this is a single bevel, this is a double bevel, this is a cut on contact. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, guys like you and I, that we live and breathe and eat and crap, and we, this is our passion. We, like, I don't have to explain to Emra what a single bevel broadhead is, but there's a lot of people out there that don't get that, you know. Right. And, and it, you know, Jake is a uh, survival instructor, and I'm an instructor in about four other different things. And we, we all, you know, as, as you become a teacher, an educator, you learn that people learn different ways. 
you know, some are yeah. hands-on, some are visual, some are audio. So it, for those episodes, it really does help. But, the, you know, it's not the Survival Hunt YouTube page is, is, is a lot more than just a podcast. It's like we have our hunting videos. I think Jake has three or four buck kills on there. I have two buck kills and a doe kill on there. Um, there's some exotic stuff on there. Um, some film festivals we entered, the videos are in there. So yeah, and then uh, we're going to talk about my competition archery with the journey to 300. All those videos are there too. Yeah, that uh, that that's that's a good segue here. Uh, aside from the fact that I need to catch up on 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 your channel because I feel like I haven't watched a lot a lot of that stuff. But um, okay, so you you the, the main thrust of this is this podcast here is um, you are diving into competition archery, and then you said that you were diving back into competition archery so is this something that you did before and then just kind of maybe just kind of talk about the history of like kind of how you got into that and then what's going on now sure yeah so when i was 15 years old i shot in uh i I shot in you know like state qualifiers and all that and i went up through through the the ranks in 3d archery outdoor 3d um at that time i was shooting bow hunter class unknown which means you didn't know the yardage and couldn't use a rangefinder also when i was 15 this is back in the 1900s so not everyone <laughs> the range, range finders were like 900 bucks dude right and they were they were like crappy ones made for golf uh so uh so yeah uh so i was 15 i shot up and, and i qualified and i shot for team usa uh in what was called the canusa games which was an olympic style event but it was only between america and canada Hmm. and uh what the canusa games did every year is they rotated uh between the hosting countries just each other so when i was when i was i think 15 or 16 you know i had to have been 16 because i drove myself uh the one year it was in michigan and uh so i i went and i won a gold medal uh, at, at the Canusa Games for Team USA. So that was competitive 3D bow hunter class. And then I, I never shot competitively again after that. I always shot shot 3D and I kept my score. And, I, you know, I shouldn't say didn't shoot. I mean, I've shot in some, like, club championships here at the local club and stuff like that. But but never never tracked my score, never worried about getting better because, honestly, bow hunting was my bigger focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I worried more on if it was a kill shot versus if it was in the weapon ring. Um, so, uh, and, and honestly, that that's held true all the way up through now. I'm I'm 40 years old, and uh, you know, a perfect score when you shoot an indoor round, depending on what the game is, but uh, it is a 300. And for the outdoor rounds I shoot, it's also a 300. So I've kind of said that I'm on what I'm calling the journey to 300. And um, I, I'm uh, this originally started as a, a uh, series of articles that I wanted to write for Michigan Bowhunter News. And I, I pitched this to the editor and they got the green light. So then I, I started pitching it to a couple companies that I'm uh, familiar with already and that now I'm sponsored by and partnered with. And um, of course, we'll shout them out in a minute. But uh, I, I pitched it as an article series and I was like, I want to. I'm an average archer, man. I'm not like some, I'm not that good. I'm just an, I'm an average guy. I'm a good shot, but 
like I'm not winning club championships or anything like that or uh, ASA regionals or stuff. So I just, uh, you know, I put, I kill a lot of stuff and I put good hits on it. So I'm happy about that. But um, I wanted to come from the average archer's perspective and really stack up against the pros and, and see how I could do. And if you think about it, you really, really break it down. Like, when it comes to archery, there may be no other sport or activity, call it what you want, where you can be shoulder to shoulder with a pro just by entering a competition. Because no matter how much I practice, they're not going to let me go take free throws with LeBron James. Right. No, but, but you can be shoulder to shoulder with, like, a, you know, like a Levi Morgan or something. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, you, yeah. if you pay, you pay whatever the the two hundred fifty bucks to enter an ASA pro class, so you may get put in his group. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's just that obviously there's a little bit more to it than that, but it, is, it really is, you know, feasible. You know, and um, and you know, in the open class, which is what you know a lot of those pros are shooting, you can run any bow you want. You know, you may have some disadvantages or some advantages, and we'll I, I, we'll talk about equipment more. But um, I just think it, it's just it was just a, it was it was kind of an easy way to make it attainable and comparable to what an average archer could do. Mm-hmm. You know, if they actually like put their mindset to it. Now, I think we've all you know anyone that's paid attention to competition archery or or the pros. Or, or, or even like hunting TV shows. Oh, I could do that if I could hunt, <laughs> you know, Illinois, you know, Pike County, Illinois, every year. Or, oh, I could do that. His bow's got a thirty-inch stabilizer on it. It gets its own Wi-Fi. It's diesel powered. <laughs> but he's got all the bells and whistles, and and it's got a windicator, and I'm pretty sure it makes espresso. Like if I could, if I had a bow to do that, I'd shoot three hundred too. Well, guess what? You won't. You can't. Because I, yeah, I prove it. Go ahead. That. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm living proof of that. But the the cool thing is with, you know, I was pitching these articles saying, I'm going to write about the struggle. I'm going to write about the mentality of shooting 30 X's in a row. I'm going to write about, you know, the how it's not, a, how the equipment helps, but it's, it, these guys are, and girls are super, super talented. Uh, and that really does come to play. And and I thought, well, I am a good writer, but what if I never reach this journey? What if I never hit a 300? What if I, you know, what, what, what if the news, the, and, and can I cover everything I want to in four or five 750 word articles? And it was quickly, I found the answer to be no. But I have, you know, video editing skills and I have, a, you know, presentation skills and talking skills. And I thought, well, you know, when it comes to these companies that are sponsoring me, I can deliver them, I can give them more deliverables, you know, is, is, is a term they like to use, if I make a video series along with the articles. And that's what I'm doing. So, like, on the YouTube page for Survive the Hunt, if you go there, you can click all the playlists, and you'll see the Journey to 300. They're clear. They don't look like a hunting video that's on purpose. I want them to look like a target video. And, um, you know, there's four, There's as of we're talking right now, there's three, I've been pretty good, Emra, about doing one a week. I'm not going to be able to keep up with that because I'm yeah. going to run on the topic. But um, but right now, yeah, and I'm going to go film one tonight once we get off the phone. But, um, yeah, so so that's where we're at. I was a guy with a, you know, I've, 
I like anything that flings a projectile. It doesn't matter if it's a gun or it's a bow. I'm a trad. I'm a trad bow guy. I'm a long bow guy. I'm a, a compound guy, and now I'm an open class guy. I, I just I don't have a crossbow, but other than that, right. So this this thing basically. So the genesis of this was just came out just born out of an idea of like, hey, it'd be cool to write a few articles, and then it just kind of took on its its life of its own. Am I am I tracking right on that? And then it's it kind of not only re, you know re-sparked uh, like a competitive streak that you had in you from before, but it's kind of a new opportunity to, to share this with the average, you know, Jane Doe or not Jane Doe, let's not call him Jane Doe, Jane, Jane, Joe or Jane, you know what I mean? Um, no, yeah. Is, is that kind yeah, of... No, totally agree. It just, uh, I think if you followed me over the years in any form or any of the old shows I've done or anything, I'm all about like getting more people, spreading the word, spreading entertainment through education, or you could even switch that around, education through entertainment. Uh, and that's kind of like my mantra. It's kind of like how I roll. And <clears throat> I think, I, I don't know who said it. I'm sure it's some philosopher. We'll say it was Jason Semkoviak, but it probably wasn't. <laughs> but, uh, um, I, you know, you learn more. You learn. You really do learn the finer points of something when you as you teach when you teach it. Of course. And and I think that that's very true. So as I'm teaching people what I'm doing, what's right and wrong, I'm it forces me to learn. And, and the important thing to remember is with the journey of 300, this is my journey. It might be different for you. It will be different for you because either you're going to have this, uh, you know, more talent than me or less talent than me or drive or work, you know, the results are going to depend on your data. But I can, I can hopefully inspire you to at least start. And one thing that's important, I mean, we're here talking on the bow hunting soul, is that is my soul. I am a bow hunter. And I know that this time I spend behind a target rig is going to make shooting bow hunting ranges with bow hunting equipment in bow hunting situations, so much more efficient for me. I, I, I think it's it's going to make me a better driver. You know, NASCAR drivers don't crash their minivans for a reason. You know, because they're right. pretty darn they're pretty darn good drivers. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah. I, I've heard that a lot over the years too. Being in the racing industry, like, oh, I could do that. All I do is drive fast. Well, it's uh, it, it's it's not just physical it's it's mental um there's a lot to and, and, by, and by no means i i've driven race cars but not I, I was not fast okay that's why i was was working on them rather than actually driving them <laughs> for the majority of my stint in racing and um there is a lot of mental to it that is not what you see um just on tv and you know trying to have that level of concentration uh, and, and reflexes and, and, and decision-making at God knows how fast you're going for extended periods of time, elevated heart rate, sweating, hot, all that stuff is completely, um, sorry, there's sump pumps going off over here. I promise I'm not in the bathroom. Um, so it, it, I think the same things apply to, um, archery 
uh, most of them anyway, except probably for the for, for for the sweating and all that stuff. But I mean, the pressure, the elevated heart rate, the mental the mental game, the you know all that stuff. Um, and I'm not a competitive archer. I've I've never shot competitively other than you know just kind of like fill in guy for for leagues you know here and there uh, occasionally. So, um, but there's there is a lot of parallels to that. And I think this kind of goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, where everyone can say, oh yeah, I mean if I had this, if I had that, if I had that. Um, if, if, if you had everything that, you know, and again, I don't know other than like a Levi Morgan, I don't know these guys' names cause that's, that's not my world, but you could have everything that he has. And I guarantee you, he's going to wipe the floor with you, you know, a hundred times out of a hundred, you know, um, I'm talking the average draw. I'm not just talk, like specifically talking about you or anything like that. I'm just talking average people's capabilities that they say they can do something just because of equipment. It's it's not the case, you know. Just like I can I can I can pluck you or me in the seat of an 850 horsepower race car, and uh, it would be embarrassing, you know, compared oh, versus yeah. what these people can do. So, um, okay, so let's let's kind of back up a little bit here. So you are obviously you're shooting you're going to be shooting a compound. And, mm-hmm. um, the, the, uh, organization that you're shooting for, it's, uh, it's ASA, correct? So, or I'm no. So basically I am going, ASA is a, the American shooting or American shooters, archery shooting association. Right? Mm-hmm. American, I don't know what it is, but that is, that is one competition. There's the IBO competition, which is the international brother or, oh my gosh, why am I doing this? International Bow Hunting Organization. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one is the IAA, which is the Independent Archery Association. In fact, episode two or three, I don't know which one it is, of the Journey to 300 videos is is uh, is the IAA, and I break down their scoring system and, and why I like it. Uh, you know, and, and then there's all kinds of different scoring systems. Um, obviously, in the NFAA, National Field Archery Association, which is mostly... I know you hear national field, but they are the ones that do like uh, national indoors. And then you have things like the Lancaster shoot and the Vegas shoot. So there's all these different organizations that all have their own archery game, and I'm shooting them all. Okay. Uh, yep, I, I'm shooting them all. So the the nice thing about it is, oh, most of them most of them run a 300 score. As you know, you know ASA is only 20 targets, um, so there's there's not 300 there, but um, the rest of them, I think across the board is pretty much a 300 is, is, is basically, you know, 30, 10 rings in a row. And then there's, there's, there's bonus points and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, um, and I, and I, the cool thing is that I break down all of that in, um, in the videos. So, um, you know, that, that's another way you can learn, you know, what's what and how to score which game in the videos. It's not tough. It's not tough. They're all pretty similar. Right. But, and is, are these all, um, is this a mixture of indoor and outdoor? Are these just kind of paper-faced targets or actually like 3D, you know, tar- targets? Kind of walk yeah, us through, so, yeah, you know. So, I, so IBO, ASA, and IAA are all outdoor 3D. And then uh, the, the uh, Vegas shoot, which is technically World Archery, I believe, uh nfaa which is national field archery association is indoor outdoor vegas is indoor and the lancaster is indoor so um yeah so i I gave you six i gave you three indoor only and uh well i guess indoor outdoor and then three outdoor only so um 
the and then when I say outdoor, like a lot of times, like the AFA shoot off will be inside, like in a stadium. You know, mm. depending on weather or what's going on, um, they're not always like super outside, but they're it's still like considered outdoor shooting because it's you know different yardages. Where like your indoor shooting is pretty much always, you know, twenty yards or eighteen meters. Uh, and it's just what changes is the scoring system or, or the target phase. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just, just different, just different challenges. I, I compare one to be like, you know, uh, you know, like indoor would be like bowling. Like you go to a bowling alley and every bowling lane is always the same length, right? Same mm-hmm. length, same width. You just got to get up and do your thing. Uh, and, and that's what, you know, like what indoor archery is kind of like to me and then outdoor archery is a whole nother animal. I don't even know what, what to compare that to, right? But, um, yeah, so in, we're throwing around a lot of acronyms and a lot of things, but the, the best thing you can do is, is uh, if, if you just Google any of these, you know, and what's the scoring system, there's tons there's tons of info and tons of videos, or you can go right to the Journey to 300 on Survive the Hunt, and I'll have it there, too, eventually. <laughs> yeah okay cool so so there's not one kind of um again forgive my ignorance of this right no I, no yeah, and, and, no and, and i and i ask people about this who are who are kind of into golf as well because i don't understand the golf thing it, it just seems like um like what i'm used to or what most people are used to with like regular sports okay and even in racing right you've got one kind of championship if you will um and everyone kind of plays in one league and your your goal is to get to you know, the end of, of whatever to get this trophy, the Stanley Cup, the whatever, the whatever with it seems like it seems like with golf, too. It's like, oh, well, there's this kind of league. Again, I don't know if they're called leagues or not or association and this mm-hmm. kind of league. And there's not one kind of end uh, goal where everyone competes in the same events all the time. It's kind of like an a la carte kind of thing where you pick and choose the events you want to go to. And it sounds like what's what what the archery competitive archery world is, is kind of like. Is that is that correct? Oh, 100% correct. Okay. Yeah, in certain people, are not everyone shoots everything. Like, I kind of want to shoot everything because I like all the games, but, but certain people, like, if they're more focused on Olympic archery, they could give a damn about shooting that animal target. Mm, okay. You know, if, if they're, you know, and then likewise, some people only shoot. Generally, that, that'll be the distinction. Like, if, you, if you're an outdoor shooter, those guys will come inside and shoot. They don't, they don't have a problem, you know? uh coming inside and shoot but a lot of the inside shooters don't really necessarily um go rocket outdoors but it just it just it, it really just depends for for and there's very few people that win it all i mean we, we've mentioned levi morgan if you don't know who levi morgan is you're listening to this just think he's the michael jordan of archery he's he's the, he's the unbeatable guy he's got that he's just that that fiery personality that He's the Tiger Woods of archery. He's just got that insane competitive drive. Mm-hmm. He, when you stand next to him, you are nervous just because he's there. He's just got that aura about him. Um, the nice thing is, is he's a total outdoorsman, has a TV show, his wife shoots. There's, you know, from I never met the dude. I, did I meet him? No, I don't. I, I've been in the same room as him, but I never met him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's like, oh, there's Levi Morgan. That's pretty cool. And that was about that, right? Uh, yeah. Now, the the best win, the best female archer in the world right now is Cara Kelly. Cara Kelly went to the same high school as me. Cara Kelly used to date my cousin. <laughs> uh, 
So it's like, and she is, she is the female Michael Jordan of archery right now. She's the one winning everything, and she's never won the Vegas shoot. Okay. The only the, the only woman's that. name I know in archery is uh, Paige Pierce. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You so know, Paige, and uh, what what's uh, uh, on the recurve side? Uh, Brady Ellison's uh, Toya Ellison, right? Or yeah, is she right, compound? Right. I can't remember. Anyway, so I know a couple oh, yeah. names. I know a couple <laughs> names. <laughs> I'm not totally yeah, on my yeah. own, but yeah. So like. You know, so like being here in Michigan, the competitive archery scene is huge. So I, I'm really <clears> familiar <throat> with it, and, and it's hyper focused my area because you know, go fat and tigers, the entire Kelly. You know, <laughs> so it's you know, I'm four years older than her, but um, she was a she was a freshman when I was a senior. Okay, I, but um, yeah. So and the, and then they, her and her husband, they own a, a local a local pro shop. So. Um, I've got a lot of good information around me. A lot of people, <laughs> you know, where I can pick their, their minds and stuff and pick their brains. But, um, yeah, but as far as you were saying is there is no, uh, there is no one overall single, you know, I'm the best archer in the world. Each, each organization has their championships. Each has their shooter of the year. I would say it, it varies in popularity, and right now the ASA is the king. And I think the ASA is the king is because that they're offering up the most money. Okay. You know. But okay. so everyone wants to win the ASA Shooter of the Year. Okay, so um, you get this ball rolling, and so what's the next step? Okay, so you you approached uh, what is it, Michigan Michigan Outdoors? You said or or yeah, so what's... Michigan Bowhunter News uh, talked to them about writing the articles. I've uh, I am the social media director for them, so I have obviously anything I want to do, they're probably going to let me do. But uh, you know, uh, so you know, I got got to go ahead on that, and um, you know, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So then I started shooting before I reached out to any companies to try to find, you know, partners or sponsorships because setting up a target really gets some money, and I was like, well, I could probably, you know. <laughs> you know trade trade some of my skills for some equipment but before i did that man I, I i wanted to get a baseline with my hunting equipment as it was i wanted yeah. to start shooting and, and what i was doing with that is it was still winter time and i was shooting the indoor vegas game which is um like a bullseye target like you would normally see and uh there's three of them in kind of like a triangle pattern okay and sure. how how that works, and, and that's if you go to the Vegas the the Vegas shoot off, which is the you know fifty five thousand dollars if you win it. Uh, yeah, it's the it's the biggest uh, it's it's the biggest money making indoor tournament there is. Um, and so I wanted to you know establish a baseline with my hunting bow. So uh i think the first time i shot it i shot like a 248 and how the scoring works on that is just there's there's 10 rings 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 and if you most right mm-hmm. so um i shot like a 243 my first game and it, it climbed up and i got into the 270 and it, i'm sorry it's and it's 30 arrows right for that for for uh for the scorings from one to ten um it's 30 arrows right absolutely correct okay, yeah so right, yeah. uh yeah so it's 10 rounds of three arrows in uh you know in archery we call them ends so ends, 10 ends, ends right yep. ends of three arrows uh 
And so how generally it starts is there'll be two practice ends. So that's six, you get two, you know, six arrows to practice to warm up. And then the official scoring starts. And that's pretty much across anywhere you go if you're shooting indoors. Um, So, yeah, so I shot like a T43, you know, which if you think about a T43, that's still like out of 30 shots, 24 of them hit uh you know it, what is it it's a the size of a nickel at 20 yards so i uh, on that face so the 10 ring oh, sorry, the 10 ring is about the size of, i'm sorry the 10 ring is about the size of a 50 cent piece and then inside the 10 ring is called the x ring and the x ring is only used as a tiebreaker it still only counts as 10 points right but guys get so good that they got to use these X-rings. The X-rings are the size of a nickel. So yeah. when I, or I'm sorry, the size of a dime. So we got a 50 cent piece for a 10, size of a dime for an X. So I was shooting, my, like I said, my first one was like a 243, like 11X. <clears throat> so I think with hunting equipment, I was like, oh, that's not terrible. Like that's, you know, that's 24 out of 30 deer, I would have smoked them. You know, excuse um, me, a sneeze. If, yep. If you compare it like that, but then I was so I started I started really focusing on my shot, really focusing on you know grip and, and concentration, and I I ended up getting my highest score up to like a two eighty seven with uh, with uh, the bow hunting equipment, and I'm pretty. Which was what, by the way? If I sorry to interrupt sure, you. Yeah, which which was what? What's your what was your baseline equipment? Yeah, so uh, standard diameter arrows, so two six six arrows or whatever they are, um, and then uh, Matthews Triax at uh, sixty pounds uh, in the eighty percent, eighty five percent wet off mod, uh, shooting with an index style, you know, just a typical index style hunting release, you know, um, index finger. Uh, like a wrist strap back. release, yeah. Exactly, yeah. It was a, it was a okay. ball. Wrist how strap how yeah. long was the uh, the triaxle? What what size uh, axle axle is that bow? It's a twenty eight. Twenty. Oh, so super short. Like okay, mm-hmm. okay. All yeah. right. So so yeah. good good baseline there. <clears throat> 60, sixty pounds. So whatever eighty five percent of sixty pounds is my is my you know hold weight. Um, right. one hundred twenty five grain point. 100 grain insert the hunting arrow yeah you know it's a hunting arrow uh so yeah so i got that up to like a 287 and it was kind of at that point where i i leveled off and i was averaging i was shooting over those you know i did this for about a month and i was shooting probably two games every other day and I was I was, I kept track of everything in the Excel spreadsheet, and I, I was shooting 281, 282 was my average, right? O- over all those games. So, but high was like 287, 287, 13x or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so I said I kind of hit my plateau, man. I hit my plateau. How uh, many times a week are you shooting, or how many times a month are you shooting these for? Um... Not not necessarily in competition, but I'm I'm guessing you're you're just talking about in in practice, right? For for yeah, your shoot, kind of aging. Yeah, I shoot generally every day. Okay. Uh, I have the ability to shoot at my house when out in the backyard. Um, even if it's like a half a dozen arrows, I generally will. It's kind of like my you know specialties. Yeah. Um, same. Uh, 
when I'm shooting competitively or when I consider it practicing, I was do I do that probably three days a week. Okay. And in in that in in those practice sessions, I'll generally shoot I don't know 120 arrows generally probably. Okay. Um, you know, uh, from start to finish, I always shoot more than I probably should. <laughs> you know, I start shooting bad, and I'm like, oh, I I can shoot my way through it, but I'm just reinforcing bad habits. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so I plateaued, uh, man. I plateaued, and I and that was really when I thought to myself. All right, this is this is the baseline. This this is what I this is what with my ability in the equipment that I'm shooting. This is where where I'm at. So then it was time to build a target rig. Um, now in the bow hunter class, which I was shooting, it's a compound bow. You cannot have magnified sights, and you cannot have a front stabilizer that's longer than 12 inches. Okay. So those are kind of, those are kind of the parameters. Uh, I had a, I do run a eight inch stabilizer with some weight on the end and no rear stabilizer on my hunting bow. Not because I'm against it or anything. I just, I never bought one. I, mm-hmm. I never tried it. Um, so, uh, you know, talking through all this, I still haven't shot. I should shoot one with my longbow and my recurve just to see what those baselines are too. But yeah. <laughs> um, so it was at that time I started reaching out to companies that I had partnered with in the past or that I had relationships with, and I, I um, have been blessed to pretty much build a target rig with a not a lot of money out of pocket. Um, so is it okay to run through that setup now? Or? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so for my open rig, for my target bow rig, again, this is not something you would hunt with. I'm shooting the bow itself is a perfection is our expedition archery perfection xl it's in the first responder blue color of course um but uh yeah that's a 38 inch axle to axle bow so full pretty much 41 to 42 inches by the time you put the cams in so it's a different beat you know it's a different real long riser um, and what you get with the, the target bows, from what I found, is they're so much more forgiving than the uh, than, than the hunting bows, the speed bows. And, and I use, I've been using this example, and I kind of used it earlier when I compared the NASCAR drivers driving the minivan. Is, is I say my my Matthews Triax or Triax, I would say it wrong. Matthews Triax is uh, is a Corvette, right? And, and my my Expedition target bow is a minivan. But that minivan's a lot more <laughs> enjoyable to drive over mm-hmm. and over. You know, it's that yeah. it's just you're the control. It stays in its own lane. It you know, it it, it doesn't it's not as susceptible to hand torque and it's just it's it's just a, a smooth shooting boat. It's not super, super fast. But so um when you get bows that tall or that big, you really gotta they're get really top heavy. At least this boat was top heavy. So um, you know, when, when I shoot my hunting bow, release that arrow, it wants to fall forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like away from my body. And I found shooting the, uh, the target bow is that it wanted to fall back into my body. So that meant I got to put a big long stabilizer on the end. And, you know, so I, uh, I reached out to a couple different stabilizer companies and I was, I was blessed to uh, work with Sean from Spider Archery Products. Uh, I, man, it, I can't, I got uh, a 30 inch stabilizer on the front now 
and then a, a 12 inch stabilizer on the back. Um, I'm running three ounces up front, six ounces in the back of extra weight. And holy cow, this thing is on cruise control now. It just <laughs> it just balances, man. It just like you pick it up, you look through the teeth, you find the dot, and it's just there. Like you can really learn to trust your float. Uh, and what I mean by the flow is, is the pin is all, you know, your pin's always going to move around a little bit on the target, but it's so right. consistent, right? It's so consistent. You can just trust it. And, uh, I'm the, in the fit, the, the carbon fiber rods and the, just the, the fit and the finish. They're a smaller company out of Oregon and holy cow, I'm in love with them. Um, so I'm uh, sure it's the, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm sure it's the, um, the overall mass weight too, that helps when you're, you know, on, on a target rig. It's not just, it's, I'm mean, obviously it's where you put, where you put the weight, you know, so you've got the length of stabilizer and you've got some, you know, X many ounces or whatever that screw onto the front, but you're also adding overall weight to the bow, which, yeah. you know, in pretty much any, any, any competitive shooter or even hunter or whatever will tell you, you know, the heavier the bow physical mass wise um you talked about the float and i don't care whether it's a recurve i don't care whether it's a compound uh it's it's just going to be a little more stable in your hand and that float it's still going to float but it's going to be minimized you know and you, it's it's more stable and less susceptible to uh torque at the shot because you know it's just more mass to move unintentionally you know so it i don't want to say it absorbs but i don't know maybe it does scientifically the, the term is absorbing it but if you're trying to if you're trying to input any kind of any torque or any kind of you know un, unwanted inputs into it it's just going to be harder to do so the arrow's long gone by the time the fool behind the string is able to <laughs> to mess up the shot you know oh yeah absolutely i mean just think of it this way it, what's easier to spike a balloon or a volleyball Right. right. It, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just, the vibe absorbs, absorbs more of that energy where the balloon is just going to float off right. and, yep. and twist and turn and not go in the direction you want it to go. And, you know, there's, you know how it is in archery. Yeah. Unless you're, unless you're talking about draw weight, heavier is always better. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> what is your draw weight, by the way, on the, on the target rig? 60. I just stuck with 60. You know, stuck I, with I, 60. I, I, okay. Yep, I got the 60-pound loons, and I maxed them out. So that is uh, it, it's super similar. Um, the draw weight for my bow, for both bows, is the same. It, it's always the let-off for both bows. Okay, I was going to ask you about the let-off. Well, actually, two questions. I was going to say, is there a minimum that they allow for um, uh, draw weight? Or is, is there minimums you have to, you know, I mean, can you be shooting your 25 pound bows because it's like super easy to hold? Um, and, and not that that's necessarily easier to shoot because, you know, back tension and everything like that, um, which kind of leads me to my second question is the let off. You said you're still running like 85% let off. Do you have you played around with different like let off? Because we've always heard that less let off means that you're you're having to engage you know your back tension more you're more in the shot rather than getting lazy on it and it's a crisper smoother uh shot release have you have you played around with the let off at all do, do you find any 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 difference on how you shoot so i haven't only because i've just kind of stuck with familiar so familiarity familiar mm-hmm. and there we go um just because i know what 60 pound 85 percent feels like 
And okay. I know how it feels to my body, and, and it's just what I'm used to. I'm not saying that I would shoot better or worse doing it any other way. I just I haven't, I haven't <clears throat> tried yet. Now, to your question on if there is any requirement, the only requirement they have is generally, um, you know, max, basically uh, max speed. Um, and it, it depends upon the organization. Some of them don't give a damn. Um, and some of them are like, well, we want you to be the 280s plus or minus 12% or what there, there's every organization has their own rules right. and you can play with your speed. Generally, the way the pros do it is they will never play with their speed poundage wise. They will play with their speed by just shooting a heavier arrow just to, just to slow it down, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so as far as I know, there are minimum though there are minimum grains per pound for arrow weight because uh and i don't know what they are because i know i'm never going to be close to that the shooting that light of an arrow mm-hmm. um because you guys want that flatter trajectory i'm shooting in the known class um so uh when it comes to outdoors so i don't really need that flat shooting arrow because i know I can dial my bow the difference between 37 and 36 and a half. I can dial it right to that, you know, that tenth of a yard. So okay. ha- having that speed for me is not necessarily as big an advantage as it is as the guy that's guessing yardage. Oh. Correct. Yep. Yep. So um, what do you uh, what are you running for an arrow rest then? Kind of walk through that, and then maybe your sight your sight uh, as well. Yeah. Sure. So. Um, so So we said the Perfection XL yep. uh, from Expedition. Uh, arrows, I'm shooting gold tip arrows partnered with gold tip. Uh, I'm shooting the X cutter arrow, which is probably the most popular 3D archery arrow in the world. Uh, it, it's considered a fat arrow. It's a 24 diameter, you know, 0.24 mm-hmm. uh, diameter arrow. And the reason you shoot better arrows is because if you break, if you catch a line, you get the higher score. So, you know, if you hit the line between the 9 and the 10, you get a 10. So right. you want to get an arrow that breaks line. Um, so I'm shooting the gold tip X cutters. I'm shooting them for indoor and outdoor. They do uh, they do make bigger than that. They go all the way up to like a 32. Uh, oh. Yeah, but some organizations, the max is 27. Some is some you can shoot. You could if you could shoot a hot dog down there from your belt, but yeah, right. you know. So um, it, it just depends. But I, I'm shooting these X cutters, and, I, and I've been pretty happy. It's the first time I've ever shot gold tip, uh, quite honestly. Uh, so this is a new. This is one of the new partnerships with them. Um, and then um, Hot Shot releases has jumped on board with me. So. Um, I've shot some releases in, in index releases. I've never really shot back tension releases. I've shot a thumb release in index finger using back tension. But so I'm new to this world of actual, you know, back tension releases. Um, so, and then that's all the equipment I'm partnered with. I purchased uh, a, through my local dealer. Uh, the rest I'm shooting is a Hansky primer. Um, limb-driven rest, uh, kind of interesting. It's the first limb-driven rest I've ever owned. Um, I've always used cable-driven just because I was used to shooting QADs, so that's what mm-hmm. I bought. 
And I, for the sights, I am shooting HHA Petra, the adjustable sight, um, because it works good for indoor and outdoor. I still sight I have on my hunting bow. I just, it made sense. It's what I'm familiar with. I like the single pin. Uh, it might as well rock it. Now, there's a, a real important distinction about why I chose Samsky and why I chose HHA, and it's because they're both 100% made in America. They're American companies, uh, and that was important to me. So, uh, you know, my so I, I'm pretty happy to say, like, I think in my entire rig, my entire setup, the only thing that is manufactured overseas would be my uh, my arrow shaft. So yeah, they're Mexico, right? I was actually looking at mine today. Uh, they're mine say Mex- made in Mexico. These gold tip traditionals. That I'm, I don't uh, know. I, yeah. I I don't know, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at mine yeah. right now. Yeah, but yeah, no, so, that's good. I mean, the more cool, you can right? source. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never shot a cable driven either. I've, I've always, um, uh, uh, sorry, a limb driven. Uh, I've always just had you know QAD, and yeah. uh, uh, I think my I can't remember what my I, I'm my, my 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 bow my compound's up for uh, uh, consignment here at the local store. So, um, but yeah, it's a um, a black gold sight, you know. But I, I use like a three pin kind of thing. Um, so, so you prefer the single pin for both hunting and uh, competition then, you said, because you can dial it easier to exactly what you want. Is that is that why, or is it just a clearer sight picture for you? It, it both, both, honestly. Okay. I mean, yeah, both. In in where I hunt, man, like, that, that my bow's so fast, like, it'll get through so quick. I, I haven't really, like, I'm not taking, and I hunt, and it's pretty thick, right, here in mm. the swamps of Michigan, so... You know, 40 yards is a mile away for hunt for deer hunting. I'm not a western hunter, so, you know, uh, I, I can set my pin at 20 yards, and I know I'm good from 0 to 31. You know, yeah. From 0 to 31, I put it in the breadbasket. And I'd have to look at the numbers. I've killed, like, 61 deer in my life or something like that. Uh, and I think 40 of them were with archery equipment. And you know how many of them were over 30 yards? Two. Too. So, you know, <laughs> I was gonna get so you. It's like, you know, like it's it's just not something. I'm just not in those situations, right? Yeah. And, and so it's just the multi pins for me is just not needed. If I I I've played with them, like um, I I really like that uh, Trophy Ridge Hotwire, which was a a three pin sight, but the bottom one was a floater. Uh, that adjustable, that was pretty fun sight. I actually. If, I actually like that sight. That one. What is what does that mean, by the way? If we if we can just take a little quick little side detour here, what does that mean when they say, um, like bottom pin is a is a floater? Like what what does yeah, that mean? So, I was uh, yeah yeah. So the way I the, the way I had that site set up when I was running it, it was uh, the the uh, oh man, spring is here. It just killed a mosquito. Sorry. Um, the top pin for me was twenty. The second pin was thirty, and the third pin was set at 40 however it's on a dial just like a single pin would be so i could and if, if it was 51 i could dial that to 51 yards so it was, oh. kind of a, it was a hybrid it was the best of both worlds okay i gotcha yeah i gotcha yeah so cool. yeah that's what they mean by the floater pin. <clears throat> and you know uh, trophy ridge makes one spot hog makes one even hsa makes it now um you know they have like a four pin option for the guys that want to you know go out west and, and stuff but um yeah so and then the other thing that's interesting about the site man is uh i have a four power lens in it 
So I have a magnified sight now. So that is a whole new world in itself when it comes to shooting archery. And and when you when you run something, I mean, just imagine being at twenty yards looking at the target, and you can see where the bullseye is. And now just imagine that bullseye is four times the size. It it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> Do you do you get the um, the problem with uh, let's say like like on a rifle scope, right? The more magnification you have, the more those crosshairs float around, um, and the, the more kind of discipline it takes to not chase, you know, to to not chase it around and, and let it float. Because we were talking about float before. Does is that does that happen with with you too, or is that not yeah. magnified enough to make an issue to be an issue? No, it, it is an issue, and that's why I didn't go with six power. Because uh, you can you can run up to you know six and eight uh, because any wobble that you get is magnified right so like you you wobble at my wobble if I start wobbling it's four times as much wobble you know or or mm-hmm. movement perceived perceived movement you know and but but the thing is is when you start wobbling and stuff like that that's where that self discipline comes in where you have to let down. Like a golfer, like a golfer steps up and he, he's going to hit the ball, and then you're going to like step away from it and take another practice swing. It's kind of like that. If something doesn't feel right, you got to be able to let down. And that's, we were talking about the mental game. And that's for me. If I start wobbling, I'm like, oh, I'm a badass archer. I can fight through this. I can shoot through this and still shoot it. And guess what? That's when you miss. And there, there, yeah. goes, your three, there goes your 300 game. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of self discipline that, that comes into that. Um, so I, I haven't noticed because I think I've got my stabilization fixed or, or figured out pretty darn well now that that is an issue. I maybe I maybe get that wobble or that let down out of thirty in a thirty arrow game maybe four times, which yeah. may seem, which may seem like a lot, but that's also would be that's also would be too much in a hunting situation if you ask me. That's why I would never run magnified anything on my bow for hunting right 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 um but in a in the target shoot off you just let down it's funny when you're shooting with a target shoot and you let down they they'll congratulate you because they know how hard it is to as good let down kind of like when a kid like uh in little league rips a rips a foul ball hey good cut good cut man good cut like you know you're like you're like it didn't work out but you know you uh you're doing the right thing and uh, so, yeah, just, just refocus, recenter, and it takes care of it. Um, the one thing is uh, w- when you run a power lens in your scope, you, you know, I say scope, but I mean archery sight, you know, uh, depending on how your eyes are, you may have to run a lens in your peach sight as well. Uh, and I absolutely did. And uh, so um, basically, you know, if you have a rifle scope, you have a front lens and a back lens. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I'm running now on my uh, my peep site. So my peep site has a scope in it as well. It's called a verifier. Um, uh, and any good, okay. any good, any good pro shop can can still have a uh, a selection kit. So it's it, it's this is one of those things that you can't. I highly suggest unless you're going to buy them all. I highly suggest you don't order this. You know online. Go to your pro shop. Figure out what works best for you. Um, so if you were, say you wear um, uh, reading glasses or, or eyeglasses 
Well, that times you'll get a thing called a clarifier. Now, if anyone really knows target archery and I'm messing this up, I apologize. I've had a verifier in my bow for about a week. So if I'm messing this up, I apologize. But this is how I've come to understand it through my research, right? Yeah, I've so, heard that term verifier. I just never knew what it was. I didn't realize that you could have a, another lens in your in your peep as well. Um, I guess that makes it even like doubly important to make sure you have absolutely no peep rotation then, right? Because um, it's not that big a deal if it's just a, a regular peep. Um, it's not as long as it's it's rotating along its, you know, uh, along a, a certain axis. It's not moving. It's the, 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 I guess the hole is getting smaller. It's turning into like an, like a vertical kind of eyeball kind of thing rather than around. But mm-hmm. you're not going left and right. But if you're, I, I, I'm guessing you're going to have a lot more distortion if you actually have a lens, a physical lens in that peep. That if it starts to rotate even a little bit, it's gonna. Uh, what does it do? Does it screw up the the side picture does it get cloudy uh, or or not focused or what yeah so luckily i haven't really dealt with you know bad peep rotation uh, mm-hmm. out of it yet um so i can't tell you what it would do my guess is that it would just be make it blurry you know yeah uh and it would be focusing on the side of the scope housing but again when you're shooting target archery this isn't hunting right you, when you shoot target archery, you want everything to be perfect. You let down and you wait for your shot. You adjust. You you, you set it back up. This is about perfection. This is not about production. Okay. You know, so uh, I'm that 3D target. No matter what animal it is, is not going to run away. <laughs> you know what else it's not going to do? It's not going to drop when I release the arrow. So the bow can, uh, yeah. can be as loud as it wants to be, and they are loud. Uh, they they are that yep. So um, yeah. So you know, again, like coming out of the the bow hunter mindset into the target mindset, that's something you gotta you know. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it, and uh, don't 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 just send it. You know, you just send it. You're not gonna shoot a 300. And I'm guilty of this. I'm 100 percent guilty of it. Because <laughs> sometimes you just send it and it works out right yeah <laughs> you know i could probably do that again no you can't and that's it probably is. the worst kind of re- mental reinforcement you can oh, do yeah. for yourself like oh yeah i hit it so when you yeah when you're like you dumbass you got lucky you know <laughs> it's just the, yeah, the luck oh, of the I draw jumped, <laughs> i jumped off that cliff did you die no yeah. would you do it again probably not exactly <laughs> you know so you know, what, what size um i'm sorry what size what size pin are you running then because um I'm guessing with a magnifier too. I mean, you want something pretty, pretty, pretty thin out there. Like, I mean, is it like a 10 dial pin or is it smaller? I mean, so I'm running a 19. Um, uh, and the reason I run the 19 is because when I went to the pro shop to buy the site, that's what they had available. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have since played with tens or looked at tens. Uh, and I, I think I can make it work. I just, uh, Generally, if guys are shooting indoors only, they will run a 10. Or sometimes they will run just like a spot, like on the glass itself where there's no pin. There's just a dot. Um, there's all kinds of different options. Um, but I run a 19 because, you know, when you're outside, it gathers good light. When you're indoors, it gathers good light. Um, it doesn't really seem to uh, block out the scoring ring I want to hit. And on that HHA site, they've done a really cool thing with the with the real stat. 
where you can slide it up and down. And what that does is it, it blocks off the, um, the what's the word I'm looking for? The, the ambient uh, the light rack. The ambient light wrap, yeah. So, you know, if that if I pull back and that pin's too fuzzy and I'm not getting a real sharp, um, you know, where I can see the circle of the pin, I, I can let down and I can adjust that lighting to uh, to be where I want it to be. So, um, and it's super, super easy. So I've been really happy with, uh, with that whole setup. And so far, uh, I have not shot a Vegas round with it. Uh, Vegas round is what I shoot the most because I think it's the most fun. In fact, when I get off the phone with you, I'm probably going to go shoot two Vegas rounds. But I have shot an NFAA uh, five-spot 300 game. So in a five-spot game, it's 12 ends. It's 12 ends of five arrows. So it's, Correct. 60, yeah. it's 60 arrows yeah. because your max score is a five, right? right. Uh, it's generally considered easier to get a 300 um, because the 5 is bigger than the 10. However, you have to do it 60 times instead of 30. So it has its own unique set of challenges. Yeah. Um, I, I've, sorry, we, we can talk about this for a little bit here because um, I, I was I asked this question on the push uh, a while back, on the push, you know, archery uh, 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 Facebook group. And because it was kind of confusing to me. Like, so I've shot... Um, I don't think I've ever done it with my compound, but I just, just to kind of gauge myself. So I've shot um, that that NFAA like the blue face target, right? Which exactly. is you know five four three two one, um, and they call actually, that actually, quote unquote three hundred. Okay, actually, sorry to interrupt you, Emma. Yeah. Um, were you shooting it with trad? Yes. Okay, then it is five four three two one. When you shoot it compound, five four zero. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I, that's, yeah. that's okay. Sorry. Yeah, good, yeah, no, no, no. Good, good to know because that's that's the only uh, you know target uh, sheets we have at, at at this range over here. And then okay. they also have the uh, the Vegas one, which is the multicolored one, the rainbow looking one, which yep, is yep. ten through one. And Correct. so I asked the question. I said, okay, so what exactly is a quote unquote three hundred round? Okay, other than like a cheesy movie. I said, what is a three hundred round? Because um, there's two different faces, two different scoring styles, and even with the explanations, I got a little confused on. So my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong here, my understanding is that when you shoot the blue face one, you are shooting, um, you're shooting 60 arrows, right? But if obviously, because you know, 12, uh, five ends of of 12. Um, if you're shooting the the Vegas face, the multicolored face. You're shooting 30 arrows, but you're doing it twice to get to 300. But um, you'd actually, you're actually getting to 600. And the way it was explained to me was like, well, they call it 300, but realistically, you're always it's like two 300s. They just call it a 300 game. Where where's the disconnect there? I'm I'm still kind of confused on that. Yeah. So the disconnect is in a lot of leagues, you will shoot two 300 games in a night. But it is two separate games. It's like when you go bowling. You bowl mm-hmm. two games. You go bowl two games. And you bowl two 300 games. You didn't bowl one 600 game. You bowl two 300 games. Yeah. So there, I, I, my, my guess is, you know, for league nights, generally 60 uh, scored arrows is, is the norm. 
So right, 60, you know, so that's either two three hundred games if you're shooting Vegas, or one three hundred game if you're shooting NFAA. Because fatigue gets gets to it because in, in in one because you're saying they're two separate games right you're t- you're shooting two separate 300s with the vegas face but um with the blue face you're shooting 60 in a row like 60 arrows in a row with the vegas pay- face you're shooting th- not in a row but you know what i mean you're shooting 30 yep. well we know that like the last 30 is probably a whole lot harder mentally physically concentration wise than the first 30 so if you're shooting the vegas face unless you shoot um, again, this is my way of thinking, unless you shoot them like back to back, like you shoot like 300 and immediately keep going without any kind of rest in between other than what's normally allowed time wise between ends. And I'm not sure how long it is. Um, you're, it, it's, it's really not comparative because it almost like you're getting more rest, you know, between the two, 300 rounds versus shooting 60, you know, 60 arrows on the, on the blue face one. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. It's just. The, but the blue face one is less ends overall. So it's only 12 ends instead of 20. So they're just different. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not saying one is more tiring than the other. When you shoot NFAA, you're shooting five arrows, right? So I haven't found where arrow four and five are harder to pull off than arrows one and two. Generally, my bad arrow is always arrow one. Um, I think I don't know if that's just nerves or just lack of focus or you know yeah. getting the train getting the train rolling whatever reason it is that seems to be my my bugaboo, but um, uh yeah so it's just it's the same number of arrows it just depends you know and to uh you know you could even take into the fact that like in, if you shoot two three hundred games or two Vegas games you're walking more. You're walking down to the target and walking back. You know, you're, it's just, you know, whatever, what's that saying? Six of one, half dozen of the other. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, you know, are they the same? Yes. Are they the same? No. (laughs) But, uh, with with that being said, I haven't shot a Vegas game with my new target bow yet. I'm going to do that tonight. I have shot it. I have shot an NFAA. Uh, five spot game. Um, one thing we didn't talk about was my my five spot game baseline was two ninety with the hunting bow. Okay. Yeah. So a little bit higher, you know, <clears throat> where I was like two eighty one, two eighty two with the hunting bow on the Vegas. So you know, a little bit higher. So basically, what that meant is out of out of sixty shots, I was missing. Uh, something that's the size of a, oh, I don't even know about that one, size of a tennis ball, I guess. I guess the, Yeah, the five like, spots the are about, thing. I'd say, yeah, tennis ball, like baseball yeah. size, I guess, kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So uh, out of 60 shots, I was missing something the size of a tennis ball nine times, mm-hmm. which, you know, you think for hunting, all you, all you got to do is hit that pie plate, you're perfectly fine. So, you know, for for hunt, you know, as far as hunting concerns, I was I was happy with that with with that much shooting. Yeah. Uh, so I I have now shot uh, one game with the 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 target bow, uh, a five spot, and I shot a two ninety seven thirty seven x. Two ninety seven thirty seven. Okay. So, I think that for me is pretty damn good shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> 
you know, and I missed one arrow in the first end, and I missed two arrows in the second end, and then I shot clean for the for the rest of the game. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so that call it nerves, call it whatever you want, but I got that out of my system. Also, that you know that that first end that would have still been the within the first fifty shots I'd ever shot with a target bow. So going back to where we were talking about, oh, if I had that bow, I could do shoot better. Well, guess what? When I got that bow, I did shoot better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? But I still am not shooting 300. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what my, what my Vegas scores are tonight. And I post all my, uh, I post all my, uh, my shots, or um, uh, all my target faces after each game, good or bad. Mm-hmm. So yep. um, I, I post on Instagram, on Facebook. So on Instagram, by the way, I'm uh, Billy Hoffman underscore archery. So um, for people that want to look that up, uh, the Survive the Hunt Instagram pretty much is just something we use for just for um, Survive the Hunt stuff. So, right. um, yeah, so, I mean, we've thrown a lot out there. We've, we've talked about a lot, but I, I think that's where I'm at right now. Now, this weekend I have my uh, – my first outdoor 3D shoot with the target bow. So that'll that'll be interesting to, to shoot. Um, see how that goes. Even uh, I, I, I'm pretty confident. I've shot at this club a bunch. They usually don't set a super hard course, but um, I, I, I think my first 300 game Emra when I when I do get one, I think it'll either come in five spot NFAA. That sixty to sixty arrows, or I honestly, I really do think my first three hundred game is probably going to come in a outdoor CD. Really? Yeah, because it's only you know it's thirty shots hitting the heart, hitting the, the in that kill zone, right? And oh, so you got a bigger, yeah, okay, yeah, get a bigger, and even though yep. you know it's fifty yardages and it's longer, it's it's the game that I'm most used to. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know I've shot for example I've shot so much 3D that I know on the on the Reinhardt antelope target if it's facing left I know the dead center of the kill shot is where the white and the brown line meet but if it's facing right it's two inches back of that like I've shot that target so much that I know without looking at it where my aim point is so. Um, and I think as a bow hunter, a lot of those shots just come more second nature. So, I, you know, I, I, think my, I, I think the perfect round will happen for me probably in a 3D round. Yeah. But, huh. How, how, how many have you shot so far competitively then since uh, going starting this journey? Um, not necessarily just outdoor, but just any any uh, competition or are they are they even doing like in person competitions now like or is it like is it's kind of like virtual like you know no, they're doing, yeah they're doing a good mixture of both I've I've dropped in in a couple indoor leagues across the state um, with back when I was still like shooting with the hunting bow you know just mm-hmm. to see what that pressure was like of being on the line with other people and I think I shot like a two sixty five two eighty four that night. Um, you know, if you shot two games, two 300 Vegas games. But um, I shot 265, 284, and won the bow hunter class that night. <laughs> so, so that was good, right? Yeah. Um, 
good confidence uh, booster on your journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like pissed that I shot 264. So I had a couple of zeros. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, and then I, I shot I shot a IAA a couple of weeks ago. I think I shot a two. That was an outdoor 3D uh, bow hunter class, and I shot a 284. Um, and I didn't like. I was happy to get a 284 because I had some shots that just did not work out. But um, you know, it, I was no. I took 11th place in that one. Um, so yeah. So this weekend, um, I am not obviously with the with the target bow. I'm not shooting bow hunter class. I, I'm shooting um, uh, open class, uh, and I'm shooting in the 40 yard class, 40 yards and in. Okay. Uh, you know, the pros are shooting 50 and in. I'm starting at 40, just to kind of get my bearings. So, um, yep. Yeah, so I'm going to shoot known 40. What is it called? It's called known 40, open class, and uh, see how it goes. And with the IAA, the way it works is if you if you win your class, you have to move up to the next class. <laughs> you, can't, you can't stay and beat up on everybody. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is good, you know. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. But, so, are uh, you under um are you under any kind of uh, uh I, I don't know like with the sponsorships let's say are you under any kind of like I don't know it's from obligation but I mean did you do you have to like commit to hey here's X many that uh, tournaments that I'm I have to enter in order to you know do this 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 partnership or is it kind of just kind of at your at your pace? Yeah. No. Um, fortunately for me. There's no, uh, there, there's, these are all kind of been handshake deals, okay. you know, and, um, and for me and for them, the, the return on investment for them is just the, the social media marketing that I'm doing for them, right. uh, in, in, in the form of the, the posts and the, you know, doing, doing stuff like this or, uh, you know, the videos are huge, really huge for them. Um, because those are things that, that, uh, that live in, uh, Perpetuity? Is that the word? word? Perpetuity? You think I'm a writer, right? Um, I was going to say, you're a writer, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a good storyteller. I'm not a great writer. <laughs> and, uh, I, which, which, if you're a novelist, I think it's more important to be a better storyteller than a writer. Absolutely, but, yeah. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, so, you know, making these videos, they're going to be, you know, assuming that, you know, YouTube's always around or whatever, you know, is around they're always going to be there they're going to show up and search the algorithms i'll be able to point people towards them so there, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of deliverables for the companies that i'm partnered with but you know i'm not getting any i'm not getting a single dime from anyone no one's paying me to shoot a bow i just i'm just you know an average archer who has a gift to gab and got these companies to give me some free stuff in return for advertising so it was uh, expedition archery yep. uh, gold to barrows Yep. Um, and say, say the stabilizer uh, company again. Spider Archery Products. S- uh, spider, like like creepy crawly spider kind of thing. Spider. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Spider Archery Products. Okay. All right. Um, and then uh, obviously, <laughs> and you said you're not yeah. partnered with them, but Hamsky and um, uh, HHA, right? HHA. Yep. And okay. then I am part- I am partnered with Hot Shot Releases. Hot Shot Releases. Okay. And that is a back tension release that you're that you're doing. So I. I have a mixture of uh, of them. Um, I've shot, you know, the four. The thumb is called the Vapor. I forget what the index release models are called. This is 
see, this is great marketing for you. I can't tell you what it means. Uh, <laughs> Good practice for when you're on a real podcast that actually right, has right. a bigger audience. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, their uh, executioner, I think, is one. Um, but yeah, or no, the ecstasy, that's what it is. The ecstasy is the, is the bad company. So, right. um, yeah, so still uh, so learning, you know, all this different equipment. And uh, honestly, like, I'm set up now that if I start shooting really, really good, I'm going to, I'm going to go chase some state championships and, you know, I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to pay the entry fee to go to Vegas. You know, if, uh, if I get, if I get to where I'm shooting on the Vegas face, if I get to where I'm shooting 297, like consistently, Mm -hmm. I'll go to Vegas. I'll go to Vegas and shoot. Now to go to Vegas and shoot and win you have to, they, they shoot 300, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But at 297, I wouldn't be embarrassed to show up there and maybe, you know, have a good day. You know? Yeah. And, and you're in Vegas for a while. <laughs> yeah. Which I just got back from like, two, I just got back from like three days ago from being in Vegas for a week. So, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah. So I think I was just looking forward. That's what I was talking about. I was looking forward to, you know, what's next? It's not, I'm not just going to, like this weekend, if I go shoot 300 this weekend, the journey's not over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. I guess that was, that was my, my, uh, what I was saying. And then, uh, the other thing, you know, if people want to get more into target archery, you got to find a good pro shop, man. I got Sunrise, uh, Sunrise Archery here, right down the road from me. Just go to your pro shop, spend time there. It's it's the it's the you know it's like the barber shop for you know it's the barber shop for rednecks. You just gotta go and hang there and absorb and learn and 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 try stuff. And I just I think it's so important to support these mom and pop places. They, uh, you know where you can get hands on a lot of the stuff and you know get good tuning advice and get. In fact, I don't own a boat press um, or a draw board. You know, I'd like to, but I just don't. But I think that's, you know, so, you know, find a good club, find a good community, and then watch all the Journey to 300 videos. I think you'll learn a lot. Absolutely. Um, do the uh, do, do, do the YouTube channel again. Where, where, where I'm, because I was, I was looking when we were talking there. And when I type in um, uh, Survive the Hunt, it comes up as, it's like a, yeah, some Grand Theft Auto video game. And, and I'm like, okay. So what what do I search under to do that exactly? Yeah. So so that's the problem. There is a level in Grand Theft Auto, the video game, it's super hard, and everyone always posts these to, called Survive the Hunt, and they post these tutorials. So uh, generally, I, if I'm gonna throw something up, I'll do Survive the Hunt hunting or Survive the Hunt doe because that's one of just the doe was one of our bigger films that I did this year. But also, I think if you put Journey to 300 with, like, the numbers 300, I think it comes up pretty darn quick in the search engine on YouTube. Journey um, to 300. Yeah, I, I mean, you can do it right now on live and see if it I'm, pops up. I, did it, you know, I am doing it right now. Nope. For, for, well, there's a top fuel dragster here, 300 mile an hour. <laughs> there we go. Survive the hunt, Journey to 300. You're like the second one that comes up least on my browser here, so... Um, yeah, that's not, I'll, I'll, number two is not bad. I'll take that. 
Yeah. So everyone listening, I mean, you might have to do a little bit of searching here to to get to these videos. It's, it's, it doesn't immediately pop up thanks to YouTube's uh, um, algorithms here, but you do you do see um, 300 and the way you've got 300 is you've got the number three and the two. I'm guessing what well, those are Vegas faces as the zeros for 300. So Correct. it. It, it pops up pretty, you know, at least visually, you know, you'll know that that's what you're looking at and it'll say survive the hunt there. So, um, yeah, I'm going to click on that and, uh, subscribe to that now so that I can kind of get caught up on this stuff. So that's, that's good. Yeah. I, I, I tried looking for it and maybe, maybe that's what it was last time too. I was, I was trying to find it and I'm like, well, maybe they didn't start posting, uh, videos yet because, uh, you know, this, this Grand Theft Auto the crap kept, kept coming up and then maybe I just kind of never went back to it. So I'm glad. I'm glad we got to talk again, and um, yeah, there's get, some cool. Get... There's, there's some cool videos on there. I've got a couple of buck kills on there. Jake killed a 250-inch buck on video on there. Um, now, full disclosure, it was a ranch type situation, and he shot it with a crossbow. But he works in the industry, and it was a whole thing. So, and 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 he's pretty honest about that too. Uh, I mean, I, I listen to your podcast, yeah. and he doesn't he doesn't try to hide like, hey, this was hundred you know free range you know uh, you know no. five no. feet with a longbow kind of thing. And he's you know you guys are pretty 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 upfront about you know how you hunt, where you hunt, that kind of stuff. So and I give him crap about it because I shot I shot my my big Michigan buck this year. I shot with a bow during gun season on public land. So like you want to chalk you want to check off all the boxes of being a badass, <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> you know. And that video is on there too. I held on that deer for uh, a minute and thirty one seconds at full. Did you really? Yep. Yeah, and like if you watch that video on there, uh, you can see me because like I filmed it. I filmed it. So uh, yeah, that was that was nuts. But, yeah, um, well, my one deer this year was not with a, a bow. It was with a rifle, and it was about the easiest hunt you could possibly have. So, you know, <laughs> but I, I still have, uh, you know, still got a ton of meat in the freezer, and I'm happy about it. So, um, I, hit deer, I hit a deer in my patrol car. That was pretty easy. You hit what? Oh, in your patrol <laughs> car? Really? My patrol car. Yeah, that was pretty easy. <laughs> well, you, you, so then you can write yourself the salvage tag. You don't even have to call anybody. <laughs> State, State of Michigan changed those rules now, man. Uh, all you gotta do is go on to the DNR website and just fill out a little form, and it's yours. Really? Yeah, they're not sending. They're not sending. You know, unless unless there's like extensive damage and you need the damage report done or whatever. Like, yeah, roadkill deer, you have at it. You have at her, huh? Cool. Deer, all right, man. Is there uh, is there anything we haven't covered here? I know we 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 dove in a lot, but I'm um, I'm glad um, like you were like the only you know aside from again like any anything I gleaned from the the recurve side, uh, the tradbow side with mostly the push, you know, because they're kind of heavy into um, uh, uh, competitive archery. I I don't know that much about it, so you you kind of answered a lot of stuff for me um, about how one would kind of kind of dive into this world, and you know I I've I've had a kind of like a passing interest of trying it with on the traditional side mm -hmm. but um i just a time um even with you know my new job it's still not really conducive to you know having oh, weekends yeah. off and that kind of stuff so uh I, I don't know and i guess if i did it i, I would try like like, like you kind of did it at first with you know like bow hunting equipment i don't know what classes they have for maybe it's called bow hunter i don't know um i i, I don't really have a desire really 
to go into the like the full on um, competition rig. I just I, I I just don't think they're pretty. You know, I, I'm not gonna say it's not trad. I, I'm not. I don't go down that road. Of course, it's trad, single string. But um, I I don't I don't really have a desire to like to to, to interface with that with that kind of to me ugly tool. You know, but I would like to I guess kind of try to see where I where I rank you know so to speak against other people that shoot the same equipment that I do with with a hunting rig that kind of stuff so um there's there's a little bit of a spark there you know as, I, as yeah, I've gotten so, better at shooting but it's not it's not like oh I need to go and and buy like a you know a, a full-on ILF rig with with you know all kinds of bells and wheels hanging off of it right. the espresso machine uh so here's here's the thing with the word competitive or competition archery, I look at that as uh, not necessarily competing against other people. Uh, I'm competing against myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is just my mindset. Do I compete against other people? Well, yeah, I do. Do I have to? No, I don't. Uh, I, I think of a, be- a better way to maybe even keep track of it or, or, or to rephrase it is uh you know when when we say competitive we mean keeping score you know, right a lot of times when i go out in my backyard and i practice bow hunting shots i'm not keeping score right that don't because i'm practicing for bow hunting it's mm-hmm. not com- it's not competitive uh so i i think that you know people they all like oh you know they just people have like a fear of losing or fear of rejection it's not about that you know um you know you, you who do you ever go play putt golf and not keep score? Like, I don't understand what the point would be. That's my mindset, right? I wanted, I wanted. Oh, to unless you're life. trying to impress a girl on a date when you're like 17 or something, you know? Or yeah, I'm gonna, impress, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna impress her by beating her ass hard in the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, don't worry. I'm going through that windmill into the clown mouth and less shots than you. No, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I'm saying that that's so. Don't get caught up on the word competitive about seeing like, you know, what you can't, I guess it's weird because it is, you can't compare yourself. A high school kid playing basketball can't compare himself to Michael Jordan because maybe that kid scored 30 points, but there's no way he would be the end of the NBA. However, me and Levi Morgan are shooting the exact same target at the exact same distance with the exact same equipment. So you can, you can compare yourself to the pros, which may not be super healthy. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. But I just think, uh, and for those, so so that's there's two mindsets I I would tell people to approach this with: is don't get caught up on the word competitive because you're only really competing against yourself, and and the important thing is it's going to make you by 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 being competitive, it's going to make you a better bow hunter, and I believe that because it does impart stress. It does impart, uh, you know, desire to make a good shot, to make the perfect shot. And I just think, you know, look at the physicality of it. It's going to keep your muscles in tune. You know, it's going to keep your, your mind in the right frame of mind. It's just, you know, flinging arrows is a good thing to do. It's good for your soul. And then the other thing is when you look at the guys shooting competitive archery, don't, don't just say, well, you know, like, oh, that's not bow hunting. You know, I'm just a bow hunter because I think it's, like I said, it's, it's practice, it's time behind the bow. It's definitely a good thing. I used to make fun of the guys when they had 
you know, they'd be on a CD course and you see someone holding up an umbrella for them to stand under and shoot. I've laughed at that too. Now that I shoot a magnified lens, I totally get why they want the umbrella there. Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, so it's just, it's different. It's not, it doesn't make them, it doesn't make the guy with all the bells and whistles shooting underneath an umbrella outside any less of a bow hunter than you because it's a different game but it will make him a better bow hunter in the end. So, Got it. That, no, that, that, more. That's, yeah. my, that's my rant, I guess, on it. Good. That, that, that's a good, good wrap-up, unless you got, you got anything else uh, you, you need to, to spit out there. No, I think we're good. I, I, I think that's it. Uh, if you guys want to read my book, you can look up the Twins of Prey series on Amazon.com. Lots of archery in there. Uh, you know, if you've ever heard my name before, you've probably heard it in the Twins of Prey uh, aspect of things. So I would say look up the Journey to 300 on YouTube and look up Twins of Prey on Amazon. And and you're under WC Hoffman, by the way, under under those books. Uh, it, it is what it pops up as. So oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, you know I'm what I mean. Fan. So if you're looking for Bill or Billy, you might. It's it's WC Hoffman, uh, Twins of Prey, high, highly recommended. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess we t- we talked about everything else. And uh, so yeah, so definitely you know go go follow go follow Billy. You know and cheer him on. Um, you know, he's, you know, like he's, like you, like you've said, you, you, you post all your stuff, the good and the, the good and the bad, um, you know, and I guess, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of fun to root for, you know, like one of us kind of thing, you know, like average Joe. So that's kind of, that's kind of good to do. So definitely go, go, uh, go check him out and then, uh, check out, you know, obviously Bowhunting Soul uh, YouTube channel. I keep putting stuff out there as well. Um, and, uh, the survive the hunt channel like I said, look for that 300. It's the number three, and it's got the two target faces as the, as the zeros. Uh, once you once you scroll past uh, the 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 Grand Theft Auto kind of stuff, so um, all all kinds of all kinds of stuff out there. So anyway, um, Billy, just hang on the line with me here after uh, we wrap up here. So thanks everybody for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe. It's absolutely huge. Um, and uh leave a rating it's super easy to do uh everyone says they're going to do it but then they don't do it but i'm gonna ask you to do it just scroll all the way down especially an apple i don't know how to do it on any any of the other ones but uh just just click five star or click no star if you don't like me so anyway uh thanks for listening and i will talk to you guys next time thanks a lot